Trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy. I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 I miss that dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I'm a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it, Saturday night. Welcome back to Throttled Up, episode number four. Once again, we have a guest in studio tonight. Um, unfortunately, Matt, we're here on a Saturday night, should be at Brownstown Speedway getting ready to to run well finish up the races and mother nature wins again and i'm gonna be honest real quick i i'm kind of tired of opening every show with this this scenario well the good thing about this week at least we were there you know i got to see some you know trucks and trailers pull in and some cars unload and i got to call for a driver's meeting so we are getting closer we almost had it tonight and then mother nature dumped another load of that uh, wet stuff on us so you're feeling like we've done all the stage rehearsals that we need now we just need to get out there and start racing that's well we've needed to do that for about four <laughs> weeks now so it's it's time agreed and and again before we get started i want to i want to point out our sponsors and thank those guys and the, and the first one is in the fast lane productions and those guys have been so gracious to us they've reached out told us to use any media they want um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode uh, with Ryan, go back and take a listen to that. You want to talk about a guy that's passionate about the race world, is trying to promote this sport of dirt track racing. You're not going to find much, uh, much more than what you get within the Fastlane Productions. And, you know, check out their new website set up at InTheFastlaneProductions.com. 
Second one being Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. I know that Mark and Jamie, I'm sure, were, were as antsy as anybody tonight to get out to the track and get to see some things happen. And, and again, Mother Nature won. But if you're, if, if you're a race fan and you want that great memento, you know, that picture for a man cave, something to hang up, check out Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee. Those guys do a great job of, you know, editing those photos and making them the best they can be before you make a purchase. And last but but definitely not least, you know, a huge shout out to Kenny Montgomery, um, allowing us to use his new single Dirt um, as our intro and outro music. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I'm sure that Kenny is already racing down in Texas. Um, I have not looked up his stats yet, but I will before the next episode. And, and hopefully we can get Kenny on here in the next few weeks. So thank you to all our sponsors. Again, without those people, we couldn't get to do what we do every day, and, and I appreciate that. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Mark, too. Right before it started pouring the rain, uh, he was down in the pits trying to get pictures taken of, uh, you know, cars that changed their, their paint scheme or, or stuff like that, and, you know, before they had their first race on it. So Mark was working all the way up to, to when the rain started falling tonight. You know, he was trying to get photos in. Thank you. And, that you know – for a guy that obviously wants action photos but to do that because you know that's important to fans of certain teams and fans of you know and and even those racers you know when you change when you make a big paint scheme change that's a big deal and you know thanks to mark for getting out and doing that so all right before we continue anymore i want to introduce our guests we have zach stalker with us tonight um zach was gracious enough to drive over we thought he was gonna have to maybe boat over um hit several uh, flooded roadways on the way over which i'll give even a bigger shout out because of that to brownstown speedway i still can't take 250 to brownstown but somehow brownstown speedway had the racetrack ready if it didn't rain tonight so a huge shout out to those guys but uh you know and, and a huge shout out to you zach for making it here with all the conditions so welcome zach Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate this. It's it's pretty neat. I've never had this opportunity. Well, hey, we appreciate you being here, man. It's it's a it's we're excited to to have people actually come out and want to talk to us for the for the evening. And those of you not familiar with the name, he drives the eleven S Pure Stock, feature winner, multiple feature winner actually at Brownstown Speedways. So you've seen him go around the track, and you've seen him in Victory Lane. And you've seen me spin around. I mean, whatever. You've seen me in every occasion. <laughs> Let's see, what, your, your first win, you drove it hard into turn three after the checkered flag and killed it, and I didn't think he was going to make the car over to victory lane. So Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of my fault. It kind of helps if you turn the switch on before you try to, before you try to start it. <laughs> I think that might be the worst thing, is if you win the race but can't get back around to victory lane. I mean, that's... <laughs> that should be the easy part but that's okay that's okay there was a whole lot of motion in that car right absolutely. there so you, yeah. that's all forgivable there absolutely yeah. the excitement is is you know overjoyed so i'm gonna ask you you know zach we've had a lot of different people on in this show so far and, and i'm gonna ask you the same question i've asked them all okay. where does the passion for racing come from oh man um i was kind of born into it you know um my dad started when i was when I was born, he started racing go-karts, and, uh, you know, I was going to the track every weekend, and uh, I was actually in my little playpen, and, <laughs> and my dad's buddy's wife would watch me, and my grandma would watch me while I would just sit there while he was out there, and, uh, you know, it just kind of escalated from there. He built them a bomber, and uh, I was always going to the track, and 
I was doing everything I could to, you know, tighten the lug nuts up or always wanting to change tires. And back then, you know, they, they ran what they had and they didn't change much. But, um, after that, you know, I was, I was 11 and my dad, uh, traded his race car engine for some go-kart stuff. And, uh, you know, it just, it went from there and now we're where we're at. I mean, he told me that he didn't know if I was going to like it or not. And I proved him wrong the first, (laughs) first time we were out there. So, I mean, it's it's just in my blood and, uh, there ain't no way it's coming out of it. So you started out in a go-kart then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually little one time. <laughs> I I wasn't going to bring that up, Zach, but but you're with two bigger guys already. Yeah. And I was I was curious about how that go-kart situation fit because we've got a class at school right now building an electric go-kart to race in the high school series, and I've looked at that seat, and I don't know if when I was 11 years old I could get myself down in that seat. So I'm, I'm glad to know that you were able to at that point. I was like you. I was I, When I was younger, I was small, so I, I totally understand you there. So that's uh, Okay, I'm not like either of you. I've been big my entire life. So how many years did you race go-karts? Uh, I raced until I was 14, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure the last year, you know, I was, I was really getting big, too big for the cart. Um, I mean, normally they hang weight off the cart, but we were already overweight. So we didn't, we didn't have any weight to move around other than me. And that hurts you on the setups then, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that hurt me, uh, especially running kid class. Cause I mean, I was a hundred or 200 pounds overweight running a restrictor plate right and uh about that time dad thought that you know i was getting big i couldn't i couldn't get any smaller obviously so uh we decided to build a race car so you come right in as in the pure stocks right you didn't run no hornet class or nothing like that you started right off in the pure stocks i started right off in the pure stocks we uh bought my dad's uh buddy's old car that had been flipped and we used some parts off it and uh, actually down the road from our house was a uh, 83 Buick Regal that was actually back in the weeds. And, you know, Dad had jokingly said, you know, maybe we'll take that and build a race car. And then um, months went on, and we kept asking about it, and we got a hold of the people, and they gave us a really good deal and drove it up on the trailer. And <laughs> it sat in the driveway, actually, and we didn't even have a garage at the time. And Dad said, all right, now now it's your turn. I stripped it all, and... Uh, we had the neighbor come over with the tractor and we got the engine and everything out of it and i mean it was a it was a very big learning experience for me uh we built the garage and it had gravel floor and i mean me and dad sit there and built the race car and that i know from you know being around you guys at the racetrack that that your race team is family i mean if it wasn't for family you guys wouldn't be at the racetrack you know i know you know you and your dad work really really close on the race car and i know your 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 papal shows up you know with the races and to me that's really cool i know on the first episode you said you listened that i really enjoy that that yeah because i think that brings you and your dad closer for the fact the race car is your guys's pretty much excuse to to be together and and do things and and i think you know especially with you being in college now you come home you know that's you and dad's time and that that's very cool yeah it's you know it's it's really neat because i never thought that I mean, building the car, me and Dad got along, but there was a lot of things we argued on because we were the same. At, oh, yeah. You know, we we have different opinions, but at the we want it our way, and it was kind of hard to do that. But ever since we started racing, I mean, it's it's a family 
deal you know we go saturday and we spend all day with each other and no matter what we come home and we're happy with everything that goes on i mean it's just all about our family um papaw comes over during the week and you know he he always asks his question questions and he's like you know you could do this to make it look better or this and it's like papaw come on buddy help me out (laughs) see ever sneak in and just tinker when no one else is there you know it wouldn't surprise me because he always shows up unexpected so i mean i don't know what he's done he may have done something to the car that we don't know about (laughs) but uh it's it's awesome because uh you know just just having me and my dad there it's i don't know what i could do without him you know, and those are memories that you'll you'll never forget. That's that's why I was going to say the same thing is, uh, you know, years down the road you're going to look back and those are going to be your favorite parts of racing. Not not those trips to Victory Lane, but that time you and Dad spent in the garage getting ready to go to the racetrack. I think you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the things I'll cherish the most. And and he's talked before about you know handing it all over to me and just being me. And it's like Dad, I couldn't do it. You know, it's it's me and you, not just me. So uh, it's it's something that I I couldn't do without him. I'm going to pull you back a little bit to the go kart, you know, upbringing. When you first jump in that go kart, you know what it what were the learning? What was the learning curve? And I'm going to be honest with you, Zach. I got a four year old inside. He's probably getting ready to go to bed. I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> knowing him, he's not. He may run out here in his underwear in just a second, but my my dream is for him to want to race be a racer and um i'll support him in whatever he wants to do but that would be one of my dreams what did you learn what was the first learning curve what was it that you really wanted to pick up from being a in a go-kart well i'll kind of take that back to um the first go-kart i got i actually it was a cage cart and um it was right before i started racing but dad fixed it up to let me run in the yard and i tore the yard up i mean i completely tore it up but he had a fire suit that would fit me because i was so big <laughs> that i would put my fire suit on and everything i'd get strapped in the go-kart and i'd run around the yard well then he's thought you know we'll race well we had an open cart and um you know once i got out on the track i just held it wide open and just turned and just hope to goodness it was gonna go <laughs> so i mean it was it was definitely an experience that i could never forget and just the adrenaline rush still to this day i get the adrenaline rush that i got when i first started i mean it's it's something that you can't you can't really describe it and you can't keep from happening it just you learn so much when you're when you're in in your pure stock, you're in the lineup shoot at Brownstown, and you know you're not in the first heat race, or even if you are, you know you're sitting waiting to roll out. How do you maintain that adrenaline rush? And because I mean, you have to get antsy. You know, you're strapped in, you got your helmet on. I mean, how do you maintain all your emotion before you get? Because I mean, it's got to be bottled up and caged up. Because I mean, you're getting ready to go out and pretty much have war. I mean, how do you maintain that to roll out there? I think you know the first thing I start off was with the prayer that's i mean cool. that's that's kind of the one thing that you know lets me know that you're going to be all right no matter what and uh, then i just i tighten my seat belts as tight as i can get them and i keep pulling on them and and just i get so antsy i start moving around you know i'm looking around and it's hard to to just sit there 
it's I really don't know what all I have to do because I'm, I'm so jittery you know I, I feel like I can crap my pants anytime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you just never know and um it it also kind of depends on you know who's in my heat race for the one thing that gets me is when Allie's in my heat race because you know that's that's a tough situation you know if she's in front of me or behind me she's in front of me it makes it even worse because for some of our listeners that don't know you explain who Allie is and what that what what that why that's tough for you <laughs> well Allie's my girlfriend and uh you know we race in the same class she's beat me once or twice but uh that was that was before me and her were a thing make sure you're factual because i know we've reached out matt has reached out to them to come on later so they're in i'm an old football coach and in these terms it's the guy with the chalk glass wins they're gonna get the rebuttal so just just make sure whatever you say is factual yeah and we know they listen to the show so you know make sure yeah like dustin said make sure you're factual on everything you say yeah i can't lie about that i'll get in trouble <laughs> that's fair but uh you know we race against each other every weekend and i think that it kind of it really puts a uh you know a competitive spot in your relationship because it's hard to go there and you know tell her you know this is what i'm doing in my car because she could go and do the same thing I absolutely mean, it's it's hard to do but but uh, i mean we support each other no matter what but it's it makes it hard very hard well and, and as a competitor and and i know that you're always going to support her and my wife and i are both former coaches and very competitive people but i'm sure in the dream scenario and i i will say this this is not coming from you so i will i will say this the dream scenario on a on a saturday night is you finishing one her finishing two now again you don't have to make any comment with that and i will ask her later when she comes on again nobody wants to give up that win and and that's again i love my wife to death but it doesn't matter whether we're playing monopoly tiddlywinks or throwing paper balls at the trash can i want to win and i hope she finishes second if there's more than all of us but i still want to win so i understand that that competitive fire and i think that is a cool thing for a relationship is to kind of have a little bit of that that back and forth so that's really cool i'm gonna put a different twist on it now let's say the caution comes out and you see she's stopped on the racetrack what are your emotions then when she you see that she's been involved in the accident on the racetrack well uh for instance you know uh last year she came i came around the corner and she had uh unfortunately hit a guy pretty hard and and she was kind of shook up i could tell but you know i stopped and i looked at her and you know kind of threw my hands up like are you okay and she just started yelling at me so i knew she was okay but she was really fired up you know you just never know uh kind of you know how they are but uh well she she's a tough competitor too so you know it's not like she's just out there turning laps i mean she yeah she races hard every lap she's out there also oh yeah she'll run you for your money and i i mean it it just it kind of scared me once i saw it but once i got up there and knew that she was fine then then that makes it a lot better for me because i you know you're going to compete with her too but you know you obviously don't want to hurt because i mean you guys have been together for more than a minute so you know it's yeah i mean i i definitely can't have that happen because she's got to beat me to victory lane every now and then <laughs> And that's and you know that that is a great question. I'm going to ask 
even a little farther on that. Have you guys on the track ever ever gotten together a little bit? Has there been some some beating a little bit? Yeah. Um, last year there was a few times where I guess she just didn't realize I was hitting the brakes and ran into the back of me, which I always give her heck about that. <laughs> but I mean, I've I've scraped her door up a little bit. She's scraped mine up a little bit. It's it's kind of it's funny to talk about later on as long as nobody you know spins each other out or anything absolutely but, i mean we've never had any of that but it's it's fun to get to run side by side with her that is that's fun because i think it pushes me more and it pushes her more too because i know she wants to beat me and i want to be her very well, cool you know like tom cruise said in days of thunder rubbin's racing so you know you guys all got to remember that oh yeah we do <laughs> Now I'm going to ask you, what do you think the biggest... Now, I already asked you about the learning curve of getting into the go-kart, but Mm -hmm. to go from the go-kart to the pure stock, and like we said earlier, you kind of skipped the Hornet class. What's the biggest thing you had to learn to get into that pure stock? I think the biggest thing was um, don't make... Don't try to make friends at the track. You know, in go-karts, we were all friends, and, you know, that was all good. But when it comes to this, I mean, you're racing with all different ages of guys. You know, I've watched some of these guys race when I was little. And, uh, you know, you, you don't, you can't really make friends with your with the people you race against, which is kind of hard. But uh, that's one of the biggest things, because when you're out there, it don't it don't matter what what the situation is you're out there racing the win and uh even if you come off the track you know if they're fine with you i mean that's that's people you want to race against not the people that want to fight you every week and unfortunately there there are some drivers that maybe take a, a little their emotion a little too far that direction i mean because i'm gonna say there's some guys you race with that were racing when i was a kid and and i'm 46 years old you know so you know you you got uh, two or three hall of famers that you race with on a saturday night you know every saturday night so yeah that i mean that makes it more special when i can win or finish above them i mean that makes me that makes me feel good for how long that i've been in this in this series very cool brown sound speedway is obviously home that's where you you like to race what are some other tracks that you visited and raced at i actually raced at bloomington one time last year uh that's the only track i've actually raced at other than brownstown and uh i loved it i loved the adrenaline rush you know you come out of one corner oh you're right back in the other corner it's so much smaller than bloomington or brownstown and so much more banked and i i loved it hear that matt i heard that I'm sorry, Matt. No, no, he, and, he, he's young, and and I only I only tease Matt. And again, I I love Brownstown Speedway, so I'm not I'm not in any way attacking him. I grew up. I told you earlier, Mitchell, just south of Bloomington, and I grew up going to Bloomington Speedway. So my heart still loves Bloomington in a, in a way um, that it's that's tough to to replace. I love Brownstown. They put on great shows, so I, I would not knock them in any sense. But 
I always like when I hear a guy that talks about liking liking Bloomington. The only thing better at Bloomington than at Brownstown is you don't have those big tractor tires in the middle because they always jump out and get you. I thought you were going to say the announcer, but I, I wasn't going to go there either. No, you need to talk to Hudson O'Neill about the tires at Bloomington <laughs> because he tore the oil pan off his late model over at Bloomington one night. You know, because Bloomington buries their tires where they don't move. So, you know, I think I bet Hudson will probably have a good argument with you on, on that. So Yeah, that is true. I, I can't say I didn't hit them because I'm I'm pretty sure my dad told me the left front was hopping around on them every now and then when I come around the corner. Yeah, those those half buried tires I know Hudson he got off and went down into the into the infield and uh went right over one and his night was done because the oil pan i think was still laying out in the infield after that because those buried tires don't give too well you know (laughs) yeah them tractor tires i think they'll move about an inch and uh the rest of my car will move as much as it needs to (laughs) (laughs) there's been a lot of famous people hit them tires in the middle of brownstown so yeah and i'm honored to be the (laughs) guy that's that's left some black marks on there and, you know, you really ought to be honored that you've been to Victory Lane, I mean, more than one time because Brownstown Speedway, and, I mean, you can attest to this, isn't a, an easy place to win at just for the fact that, you know, you do race. You know, every class there races with drivers that's been there for years and years and, you know, have thousands and thousands of laps on there. And, you know, for you to pull off and win at Brownstown in any class is very impressive and you, it's got to make you proud of yourself. Yeah, you you know, I I really appreciate that. And it's, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's the age, but I just, I've not been in this that long. And I feel like, you know, like Dad's told me, you know, you've won more than some guys that have been out there racing for 10, 15 years. That's a fact. And, I mean, I'm not trying to better myself than anybody else, but it just, it kind of makes you feel good. And it really helps you when you go into the feature and you know, you know, I got a big shot at winning this. And it just, I I think it makes me strive more because I want to I wanna be on top, you know. I want to be better than everybody else. And I'll do whatever I have to take or whatever I have to do to make it possible. But it's just awesome also to get a race against them old guys and, you know, be able to say at the end of the night, yeah, I, I whooped up on that guy. He may be <laughs> old, but... He's raced a lot. Well, I'm going to have you make a prediction. We ain't raced one time yet this year, but Jim Ruddick is down to just every once in a while. He's not consistent. Jason Combs is two or three times a year now. Tim Rivers is going to start racing at Salem and, and kind of stay away from the dirt car. So Thank goodness. Zachary Stalker, 2018 track champion. What do you think? I'm really hoping so. That's my goal. That's uh, That was our goal last year. Um, I got a few barriers in the way, you know, I got graduation one weekend and, and I always wanted to go to prom the other and I figured I'd go with her and be nice to her. But, um, you know, other than that, I'm all for it. You know, we've, we've done some major changes on the car this year and I feel like I'm at a, I'm at a good pace of, you know, being consistent and I, I really feel like this is our year and, uh, I think. I think everybody, you know, including our sponsors, is thinking the same thing. Speaking of sponsors, let's get them out there. Let's let's talk about outside of you and Dad, who who helps you get to Brownstown. You know, uh, another the um, guy that falls in third is is Robbie Meadows. You know, he's a he's a family friend. I've known him since I was little. Uh, his wife Lisa actually passed away a couple of years ago, and 
and uh, he came to us and um he wanted her name on the car and you know we we thought that was great and he just he comes to the track and uh he'll come over to the house and it's always good to have more than just dad around you know to to talk to and and he's in the racing deal as well uh that's one major sponsor uh i got my all my family you know papa i got mom i got tara i got randall you know uh weenie uh <laughs> that's a nickname but Dwayne, <laughs> he's he's one of my dad's buddies and uh you know we got uh i got fast and all i have uh frank and Teresa fitch um it's hard to remember i got l l trucking uh upside prince they actually they're doing my shirts um i have uh the pallet shop i can't remember their i think it's hillside pallets i think so you know i've gotten so many now that i can't hardly <laughs> keep track of them um i have walls equipment sales um jason petmeyer uh insurance company and uh you know it's just the there's so many things that goes into the sponsors and and like i tell everybody you know a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks more than what i had oh yeah i mean that that can pay for fuel everything so all the they're all little sponsors but man little sponsors really add up to a lot there's really no such thing as a little sponsor in racing because like you said every little bit helps so i mean in your eyes they're all big sponsors because they help you get to where you want to go yeah yeah they they do i mean it without them there's no way that i could be competing in in the way i am who, who letters your car let's get that up there oh p3 graphics he always makes me look good he's <laughs> uh made me look good for three or four years now and and you know it i send him everything and he puts it all together and i take the car down to him and he does his magic i mean he's he's one of the top-notch guys around very cool and we've talked that you've already been to victory lane tell us about what that emotion is the first time that you get that checkered flag and and you know you've accomplished you know your dream you know i i don't really know and matt can second this i don't know if there's really a word to explain it it just you feel like you know you feel kind of on top of the world um that first race i won i had jimmy reddick right behind me and you know he's a veteran he was beating the time out of me trying to get me or get around me and you know he actually stuck his right front in my left rear and got smoking a little bit but uh just uh the feeling of that is unbelievable you know i get off the track and of course you go to scale house and you're pumped and you're ready to go and uh you know i just start yelling and screaming and thank you lord and everything and i get out of the car and it's like you know the lights are shining down on you you can hear them talking about you there's no better feeling you know it's and it's kind of you can't hardly talk you know you can prepare a speech all you want but when you get up there you don't know what to say (laughs) your your mind's just racing well it isn't good when a guy throws a microphone right in your face and then you you know, his buddy's holding a camera with a great big light on it, and we're right there, you know. So, you know, I understand how that is. But, uh, you know, I said on the very first episode that your guys' emotion was genuine, and that, that's what was very, very cool. I mean, it was obvious that you and your dad standing down there in that piece of, of concrete on the infield at Brownstown Speedway, 
remembered every lap you took in, a, in the go-kart you remembered every night you spent in the garage because that was your paycheck you guys just cashed a paycheck from all that hard work for all them years right there and like i said that was genuine and that's why i enjoyed it so much was you know you get some guys that uh that they pull in there and you know there's like no emotion they they maybe pump their fist once but that's just to the crowd and then and like you said when i talk to them it's almost rehearsed but your guys's was all off the cuff because it was just pure adrenaline and emotion and that that was very cool you know it yeah we're a me and dad are very emotional when it comes to you know being at the races outside of races i'm i don't get too emotional but you know it it was so awesome because all that time we spent in the garage it it finally paid off and you know i know he's got to believe in me and i got to believe in him because you know i i tell him you know hey maybe we should do this to the car maybe we should do that and he'll kind of think about it and you know maybe we'll do it but at that moment i knew i knew we were in for some more wins and it just having the whole family there you know mom there and and all of them it's it's unbelievable that you can you can make people feel that happy now was your second win as cool as the first or was the first all in an island by itself i think the first was all in an island by itself but uh the second one was right up there with it because at the end of that last season uh, i was coming around turn one and two and uh somehow the steering wheel decided it wanted to come off the shaft it came off and you know i spun around and uh thought i was going to miss everybody and and there was a car at the at the end to to give me a good lick and it ruined the frame and you know me and dad spent that whole winter on on top of moving from our old house to the new house uh me and dad spent that whole winter reclipping the car and it, it was a big relief to come out in 2017 and get a victory lane because uh, we knew that the car was back to it was or it was better did, did it feel better i can't really tell <laughs> <laughs> i i mean it's the car is great all the time i i never do not have a good car uh, it's just it's the way the car is i i don't know i'd say it's just the way dad is because he's just really good at it but uh I don't know. He like he always says. He sets it up and and I make it dance. But <laughs> I mean, now do you, do you like a heavy track or do you like when it it's just black and slick? Like you know, most of the time Brownstown gets black and slick before feature time. Do, do you like when it's like that or do you like it when it's heavy and you got plenty of traction? I love a black slick track, but I like a black slick track with a cushion. Okay. I love running up top. I love it. I'd rather run up top than I would down and low uh i'll i'll try to make it run down low but up top i mean it's it's wonderful i got a little tiny engine but that little engine will just purr (laughs) along the top on a black slick track i love it who is your favorite person outside of alley just to race hard (laughs) with you know lap after lap after lap uh Derek clay um me and him have had a lot of good runs together uh i know me and him also didn't really get along the um a couple years ago but uh after that you know we race hard against each other he races me clean which i really like that and i race him clean the best i can Derek, Derek is a hard hard racer 
yeah, and he likes the top two, so you guys are both going to battle over that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. There was actually a couple races last year where you know we were battling back and forth, and he'd go up top, and I'd have to shoot down, or vice versa. I mean, he's a he's got a really fast car, and he's not afraid to burn the wheels off of it. I mean, just like I am. He he took a tough break right at the beginning of the year last year when he got crossed up in three and four, and then knocked the whole rear end out of the car, and you know he. All you guys together make a great show for the fans, you know, and, and when one of you guys are missing, you know, we missed part of the show. And, and it was, you know, it was kind of sad when Derek was out those few weeks trying to get the car back because, you know, he's a lot like you. You know, he's just, you know, a mom and pop shop operation. And, uh, you know, he had to set out for a little bit. And, uh, you know, so when he came back, that really brought the racing back up because, I mean, you know, between you and him and, and Jason Combs and Rivers and Jim Ruddick and, you know, pretty much everybody in your class, any of you guys can park it in Victory Lane on any given Saturday night over at Brownstown. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you roll into the weekend, you never know who's going to win because everybody out there is eligible. I mean, it's not like the late models. I mean, we have a full-blown class with a lot of talent, and anything can go wrong for somebody, you know. Like, for instance, you know, Clegg was out. So, I mean, that narrowed it down a little bit, but – you just you never know you, so, let's go the other way who do you hate to race door to door with oh man uh that's a hard one i mean i don't want to make i, I have an idea but i just want to see if you're gonna say yeah it. i know you know exactly it's gonna be tim rivers i mean i've <laughs> but you know what I'll, i'm just gonna say i'm gonna throw this out there river sometimes gets a bad rap at the racetrack mm-hmm. but um uh, you know he wants to win as hard as anybody else does and and he's going to do everything he can just like you will or or you know Derek Clegg will or you know Jason Combs I mean he's and you know I've seen uh well last year at the uh the Don Russ tribute race there you and him and Jimmy Ruddick and you guys all kind of got in a tangle there on the front stretch I've seen people going through the infield and people spinning out and I'm sure you remember that yeah yeah that was actually a part of uh you know the you do it once that's okay you do it twice you got another problem um you know dad's always got my back when it comes to people <laughs> you know roughing up on me and and uh that kind of set him over the edge because the next couple weekends after that he he did the same thing but you know it's it's part of racing but uh you know we just i think that's what makes it more fun because i just i go back and you know i i try to beat him every week because uh, you know i we're not we're a small operation you know you know what i'm getting at and uh he's the first race when i passed him on the outside to get around him you know that was that was when my goal was made i've always wanted to beat him and show him that you know these little cars you know me and dad build everything ourselves dad builds my engine you know we've built everything on the car it just it it all pays off but you you got the hard charger there last year in the Don Rust race, didn't you? Yeah, you I got did. a brand new helmet. Yeah, I did. I got a helmet, um, the hard charger. You know, it it was a hard charge for the wall. Was was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the uh, brake rotors locked up on me, and uh, they went flying off. And I actually I called Price the next week and said, Hey, have you found any uh, brake calipers or anything on the back stretch? And he said, Yeah, I found two of them. I said, I'll be there to pick those up in a little while. Those are mine. <laughs> I need those as a core. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me, 
when we talk about your normal race preparation week, and you've talked a lot about what dad means to you, what dad's able to do for you, what what's a normal race prep week look like for you? Um, it kind of depends. Uh, while I'm at college, you know, uh, I'll get up on Sunday mornings right before church, and uh, I'll get up and, and wash the car and get it ready. Uh, Dad'll do a little bit of the maintenance through the week, you know, if we need to change oil or or flip tires, and then I'll come home on Thursday night and you know I'll grind tires, sipe them, do whatever we got to do, and just kind of maintenance the car. But if I'm not at college, I mean I'll go out there every night and I'll just I'll find something to do on it, you know. Most of the time it involves straightening the body out, which a lot of the times it does because normally <laughs> I knock something off, but. Um, you know you just you kind of look over the car and and uh we we try to make it better every week you know put it on the scales and and throw a little bit at this and a little bit at that and move some tires around just trying to make it faster very cool when you when you look when okay you you've had you've had a handful of wins when you get there how much do you adjust before the next week oh we we try not to adjust too much we really do um you know normally it'll be tire pressure or something we don't we don't go drastic but uh if we if we get a a wind set up going we kind of put that in the back of our head you know but it also depends on the track i mean you can't do much until you get to the track to really know what to do you know do you want a hard tire on the right rear do you want a soft one you just you never know until you're at the track can you actually walk out? I see, you know, I'm sitting up in the tower. I look out there and I, you know, I see all the guys walk up on the top of the racetrack and they're all looking at the racetrack. Can you actually walk up or like that and look at it and, and figure out what you need? Or is that just a, a place for all you drivers to go and stand and talk and look like you're looking at the track? I mean, what, seriously, what is that? They may be able to, but I can't. I, I can tell you, you know, yeah, that looks black slick. <laughs> but it may change you know when the late models go out there i i try not to study the track too bad and my dad does the same because every time we do it bites us in the butt you know um like i said they they know more about that probably than i do but as far as i'm concerned i I just look at the track and you know think maybe we'll try this maybe we'll try that is there a driver at the racetrack that is maybe taking you under the wing a little bit or or help you out with with setups or you know with tire pressures or something like that that uh that you know that doesn't have to but he, he's him you know he or she has chosen to to help you out there yeah uh, mike fields actually is has really helped us out you know we we're doing pretty good and uh i guess mike just you know started talking to dad and he kind of gives us pointers and of course i hear pointers from everybody but you kind of really have to you got to keep a close mind of you know who you're talking to and uh mike's helped us with setup before and you know said maybe you should try this maybe you should try that and sometimes we will sometimes we'll go eh, you know maybe we shouldn't but uh yeah he's he's a really good guy to work with uh he'll definitely not lead you in the wrong direction that's for sure and, and he knows his way to victory lane at brownstown speedway too because mike is a wheel man i mean he can he can drive oh yeah that guy i uh, i've seen him do a lot of crazy things and and one of them is is when you know he's got he's just like us he's he's a poor man trying to do expensive stuff 
Well, we know we know your first win was obviously your favorite night at the racetrack. What has been one of your more least favorite nights going going to Brownstown? Um, I think it was uh, our least favorite night is that night that uh, you know we had the a shot at winning the thousand dollars and uh, came up short. You know, I feel like uh, during qualifications, you know, I was I was quick time, but not over the whole car or over the whole class and and uh it it was really a bummer because i felt like we were going to beat jason combs we were going to put a a end to his streak that he was leading on Hmm. i mean he he got pretty hot right there in the middle of the season what did he get six or seven in a row there and uh you know all you guys in that class had to really be wanting to because i mean he was looking unstoppable you know he'd roll out and (laughs) It didn't matter where he was starting at, you know, he was either leading or contending for the lead before the race was over every Saturday night. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's a he's a very his car is very fast. No matter how he drives it or what he does, it that thing is it's just fast. I'm I don't know what his secret is. I know he wouldn't tell it obviously, but I'd really love to know. Do you get nervous when you have to I mean you guys qualify once a year? Do you get nervous on that one night of qualifying? The oh, yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. I get very nervous. Uh, you know, what line am I going to run? You know, I'm not like a late model guy. Late models qualify all the time. So it's it's very different. You know, I like having people out there to really push me. If you could change one thing, would you like to see all the classes at Brownstown go like the uh, the Indiana Pro Late Models where we do the hot lap qualifying, would you would you rather see every class do that, or do you like the pill draw? Um, I like the pill draw sometimes. Uh, be quite honest with you, I really like starting at the back. I really do because I have the mentality of you know I got to go forward. I can't go back anymore. So I mean, if if I start front row, that's a lot of pressure on you. But I I really I really do like the qualifying though because that gives you a really good shot and you know maybe you're going to qualify better than some of these big guys maybe you'll actually get a start up front it just it's kind of how the track is do you drive do you drive the track differently when you qualify than when you're racing or do you try to just attack the corners just like you would in a race um when we're out there for hot laps you know because still qualifying and the the track's still kind of hot lappy it all the crumbles aren't off yet I really, I try to run about the middle of the track. Try to. Because for one, if I run the top, Dad gets mad because I pack mud in the right rear. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it just seems like that's the that's the easiest way to get around there during that situation. I'm going to go, you know, again, it, it divert you a little bit in the sense of when we talk about those, you, you've you've told us that growing up this was in your blood. Who were those heroes? Who uh, were, who were those racing heroes that you looked up to? Well, uh, one of them was you know it was always Don O'Neill. I always remember the real deal, Don O'Neill, um, John Gill, the modern day cowboy. And it was actually cool because uh, I used to get the diecast late models all the time, and he actually worked at where my mom worked, so I got it signed and everything. You know, that was always cool, and. Um, yeah, I had a lot of sprint car guys, too, because we always watched sprint cars. And uh, that was John Stambro was one of them. 
and uh dicky Gaines. that was actually oh, yeah. one of the first sprint cars i set in so uh you know it was the black popeyes car yeah it was yes. actually the black popeyes <laughs> car it was we were uh on the way to my dad's house uh when we lived in orleans and and uh, dicky's shop was there before we got in there uh to orleans and we stopped in there and dad went to school with him so he kind of knew him a little bit and he's like yeah jump in there so you know it was pretty neat that's awesome i was actually at bloomington speedway the night dicky hung that one on the fence <laughs> over there and it actually hung on the fence so it yeah that popeye's car pretty famous there oh yeah yeah he was he was good back in the popeye days that's one of the craziest pictures i've ever opened the newspaper to was when he had that car hanging up on the fence yeah. i was there and watched the flagman jump out and break his collarbone because <laughs> he thought he was getting hit by it i mean it was it was a scary situation oh, i can imagine I, I i don't know what i'd do in that situation <laughs> i i can't i can't imagine whatsoever so when you look at those those heroes obviously we've talked you your goal is track champion this year in the future where do you want this racing to take you um you know i've tried out a late model uh, a couple races and that was a, a big opportunity it was a, it was a crate so i mean i didn't get the full outlook on a late model but uh, i would i would really like to go modified and then try to work my way up but i mean i don't really see me getting outside of dirt i don't see asphalt in the future i really don't there's part of me that's sad to hear that but then there's another whole part of me that's really really glad because uh i mean you're 20 so i mean you got 40 or 50 more years of racing mm-hmm. you know in front of you yeah because i mean we all got to look at, at dennis boatneck you know he was a 1979 brownstown speedway late model track champion and he's still turning laps at brownstown speedway today mm-hmm. you know i seen him at the racetrack today actually so uh you know it's not a bad and scott bloomquist you know he went and tried one or two races on asphalt and realized he just needed to stay on dirt also so mm-hmm. just because you don't have a desire to go go to asphalt is, is not a bad thing at all at least in my eyes i think i mean yeah. i'd love to you see you stick around for a long long time on dirt and i agree with that but i'm going to ask the follow-up of why 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 do you not see yourself on asphalt i i don't know i i enjoy scraping the mud off the tires and scraping the mud off the car that's probably the only guy that's gonna say they enjoy <laughs> scraping you know at the end of the day i i may say there at the beginning you know i hate doing this but at the end of the day it's like you know what that car was covered in mud and now you know it's clean it's nice it's awesome and i think asphalt i mean you don't get as much action you know you don't you don't have to counter steer through the corner you know you don't have to pitch it in you you just drive around there i mean i know some asphalt guys may say different but uh i don't know it's just the atmosphere i guess explain that atmosphere you're talking about because i i i know where you're gonna go with this at least i think and one of the big <laughs> things we want to do is encourage people to come to the track so explain what you mean by the atmosphere is different not everybody that I've talked to, you know, that goes to asphalt races that have never been to dirt, you know, you tell them, you know, if you go to the stands, you may want to wear safety glasses, stuff like that. And they're like, why? You're like, you may get hit with some dirt. You know, it's it's just that, you know, it's a part of it. It's, you're using what the nature created, you know, to run laps around. 
And um, there's, I don't think the atmosphere would be the same as far as the people you're around when it goes to asphalt. It's all about how much money you got, who's all your sponsors, and, you know, where are you going to be? Dirt still got that that garage feel. Yeah. What you've talked about the whole time, you know, you you said multiple times tonight. My dad and I built this. Yeah. Even though I'm I'm holding out right now that I think Papaw's had a lot more into it, and it, <laughs> I don't know if Papaw can download the podcast on his phone, but I want him to hear that I said I think he's sneaking in and really tuning the car. <laughs> Um, he's going to say he did the, the nights that Zach went to Victory Lane on Saturday night. He's going to say he, he put his special, is, special touch on there. Is so. there anybody oh, yeah. else that we would look to for the win? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming. I've never met your papo. I hope I get the chance to now. But I'm saying he's the, he's the magic touch you got going. But I agree. I think you lose that with asphalt. And as you move up into that asphalt world, that it's not as much of a, you know guys that are just that family aspect. And, and we talked last week. It's not just about you and your dad in the shop. It's also that idea that even my most bitter rival, if I break apart or I need a tire or I need something, is going to help me get on the track on Saturday night because it's about putting on a show for the fans. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. Um, there will be many times, you know, I've been a bunch of left upper A-arms because the tires always jump out at me. But, you know, uh, one guy in general, Dave Egan, Allie's dad, and he'll, he'll always, you know, be like, hey, do you need any parts? You know, what can I do to help you? And it's it's people like that that, you know, really make the sport fun. Because in asphalt, you know, you got to buy all that stuff, you know, and, and, and we'll obviously, you know, pay for that. But you're, you know, Jimmy Johnson's not going to go over to Joey Logano and go, hey, you know, you need a part? We got it here. I mean, in dirt, everybody's out there to help everybody, no matter what it seems like. I mean, you could be your your worst rival, and they'll be like, hey, you know, you need a push or something, we'll help you. And I think I notice that the most, and I don't know if you guys notice it or not, but when we all get together there at Pewter Hall for the banquet, I see guys that were the most hated guy. You know, they hated each other all race season, when we show up all to get together there in January for the race banquet, they stand and talk and they laugh and they joke. And that's when you realize they might've been angry at each other from, you know, from March to September, but they're really buddies. They were just so competitive. They couldn't be buddies during the race season. You know, and it, I actually enjoy seeing that, you know, when we're there at the race banquet. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that relieves stress between everybody, you know, cause there's no racing involved that day. Uh, mainly all that's involved is, you know chad stapleton going up there and getting drunk and giving a big speech and i i think that's what makes it fun because you really see the side of people that you will not see at the racetrack well if you stick around after the races long enough <laughs> okay. you'll see that with chad okay. there, so. <laughs> you leave pretty quick after the yeah. races yeah I, I, I stick around sometimes so yeah. that's uh yeah hey i know what you're saying <laughs> we gotta we gotta get home but uh and you know going back to you know papa putting the magic touch on the on the whole car I really think the one thing is, you know, we, uh, right before we load the car on, uh, we gather around the car and we, you know, we say a prayer and, uh, you know, I think that just, that makes the night go a lot better. Um, you know, it relieves, you know, pressure that you may be feeling, but, uh, I think it's all about that. you know, uh, thanking the man above for all that he's done for me. Cause 
you know without him there's no way that i'd be able to afford doing this and have the people behind me i do you talked earlier about starting up front really puts the pressure on you your papa put the pressure on me one saturday <laughs> over at brownstown because i don't dustin doesn't know this story and our listeners doesn't but uh the the guy that would say our prayer before the races had a stroke and couldn't come to the racetrack so uh i i was not one to to say prayer out you know out in public mm-hmm. a whole lot well i started doing that at the racetrack because we couldn't find no one to come in and say prayer well then we got busy one day before the races and and i didn't i didn't do prayer and the next saturday night i'm walking through the pits and zach's papaw he hollers at me and told me that i did a really good job when i did it and that i needed to do it more so i tell you i i went to the tower and i was like you know i had that pressure on oh my gosh you know now you know i have a a, you know there's an expectation a gentleman waiting on this now and and i'll tell you what that's uh you know because you always hope you say the right thing because you know not not everyone believes the same and uh, you know that was a lot of pressure but uh you know i think he made me a better person by by kind of making me do that and i'm thankful for that so you know and that's really cool because the re and I'll, i'll just tell you the reason why i lean towards your papaw being that magic touch and my wife and I obviously live on her family farm, and, and we were kind of given the garden plot. Her, we unfortunately lost her grandfather last last fall, but we were given the garden plot that he had always gardened. And the last couple of years when we would plant things there, he would still drive out and um, even at 90-plus years old and, and kind of see how things were going. And I always wanted to make sure that that was perfect because it was his before mine. But I still swear that sometimes when I was at work, I think he got the miracle grow out, and I think he fertilized everything I had there and then made me feel better on Saturday when I was out there fighting. And then he was like, boy, those peppers look good. You're doing a heck of a job. So I think, I think that, that may be something you get. I think, I think Papal's in there wrenching a little bit, and he's just letting you guys feel really good about it. Yeah, you know, I think so because, you know, Papaw talked about you doing that that whole week, that whole next week. He was like, you know, Matt really did a good job. He said, you need to start doing that. But, you know, Papaw comes out and Dad pays him to mow the grass to, to keep busy. And uh, it's just a lot of times it's really cool, you know, have Papaw out there to, you know, see what you do. And and uh, me, Dad, and Papaw, it's, it's always fun. Well, I have a whole lot of respect for that because I know you listened to our first episode. And if it wasn't for my grandpa... I would have never got to experience dirt racing as young as I did. So that is awesome. And, you know, enjoy it as long as you can, man, because I, we would have to have a, a eight hour long show to do all my highlights and me and my, my grandpa mm-hmm. at the racetrack. So, you know, hats off to you and, and, and Papa and, and keep that going. And I'm going to ask this right now. Um, and it's probably more something for after we're done, but I'm going to throw it out there. I would love for you to come back at some point, maybe midway through the race season, and and bring Dad and Papaw. Um, I got enough for five mics here. We're going to get a little different setup in the next couple of weeks. I'd like to see Dad and Papaw in here because I'll be honest, one of the, the biggest regrets I have is not jumping in this podcasting game prior to losing my wife's grandfather and my own mm-hmm. grandfather because – there's nothing more than I'd like to do than sit down here and just have a conversation with them. So I'm going to encourage you to try and bring Papa and Dad back and, and get them on the mic as well. Yeah, you know, I think they'd really love that. And, uh, you know, it's 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 awesome to have a relationship like we do with, 
with Dad and Papaw. Uh, you know, Papaw comes to the races every Saturday, and he always sits coming out of turn four, and he always waves his hat at me as I'm going <laughs> by. And, and, you know, he, he preaches on Sunday, so he he doesn't stay for the feature. He just comes for the hot laps and heat. But wow. uh, it's it's awesome to have a Papaw like that. I mean, he's he's he'd do anything for me. And uh, he actually puts me before he does my dad, so it kind of makes him mad, but it, it makes us laugh. Well, I, I have two granddaughters, so when you become the, that grandparent thing, you kind of do that. I actually told uh-huh. my daughter once that uh, if I knew having grandkids was so much fun, I would have had them first. So, you know, that, I, you know, I understand, you know, that there's some connection about a grandparent and a grandkid that mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to become one, so... You yeah. know, that that'll have grandkids himself one day and he'll understand exactly where Papa came yeah. from. Oh, I yeah. got I told you earlier I got a four year old and I as soon as he was born and and we're waiting on number two, my wife's pregnant right now, but as soon as he was born, I knew that I got bumped to third and when I say third it's because my when my mom adopted a dog, she went to number one. <laughs> But now my my grand my my son their grandson's number one dog two, I'm gonna go ahead and put myself three. My sister would argue that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ink myself in at number three. So it is it is a very special bond, and and I'm glad you get that time with your with your papa. That's that's a cool thing. Yeah, I think it. I think that's what you know makes it every week. You know, it makes it better and better because you know papa wants me to do good, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome let's uh let's jump back into the racing side of it let's talk about you you mentioned you spent some time in the crate late model last year the indiana pro late model there yeah what was the biggest difference you noticed from that crate car to your pure stock i mean when you got in the car and you took off what was immediately you like holy cow this is totally different one thing is them cars move a lot quicker then you know as far as the steering goes you know if if you let off the gas it's going to shoot to the right quick and and you use the gas to really kind of steer it which was it was awesome and uh you know second the uh whole burt transmission that is i drive a five speed every day so i'm used to pushing in the clutch to shift gear and to do it just using rpms and actually take off by pushing in the clutch yeah I was going to explain that, and I don't even know if Dustin knows this, but on the Burt transmission, you put it in gear, right? And then you push the clutch in, and yeah. it starts going with the clutch to the floor. Yeah. And you hold the clutch in until you get to an RPM, and then you jerk it to high gear and let out the clutch, and you're pretty much engaged. Am I right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's very weird. It, it took me a while to get used to. It It really did. Yeah, that that's that's quite a bit different from driving a five-speed every day. <laughs> yeah, and, and not to... I mean, uh, my car, we built my car for an automatic. And when we decided to go to a manual, uh, my feet are so big that the way we built the cage, we couldn't fit a clutch in there. Well, we were in there in the car messing around one day, and Dad just took the clutch and flipped it upside down and said, well, what do you think about a hand clutch, you know, just right here by my by my side? I said, you know what, that may work because I'm left-handed. That's my strong arm. So uh, my actual my race car has a has a hand clutch in it it's actually a clutch pedal flipped upside down mounted to the floor wow so i mean it's it's redneck ingenuity but if it works <laughs> it'll it'll do it that's what dirt track racing is all about man <laughs> but when you're, you're out on the racetrack you pretty much put it in a gear and 
and ride it there don't you i mean yeah i put it in high gear once uh we get taken off a little bit and and uh, that's that's where i leave it i don't shift any so it's pretty much it's like the the bird outside of you're not pushing the clutch in to go when you take off yeah yeah exactly exactly but the the whole late model deal was it was i really didn't know what to expect you know uh the car i was driving uh they really don't even know what it was it was an old car that they just had and and barry gherkin actually gave me the opportunity and i've known barry since i was little and my dad has known him a long time and and it was it was awesome you know no matter what kind of car you have you got a lot of money wrapped up in it oh, and that's, uh, that's a fact and barry gave me the opportunity to do that and you know i'm grateful for that because it kind of opened my eyes to kind of what the late models do go through and uh to even get a run in that class and to say i drove a late model now i'm not saying i finished good every every race because i i mean i didn't but it was just an awesome opportunity but again there's there's drivers that's been out there for years and years it's that's never even got the opportunity to, to even hot lap one mm-hmm. you know let alone i mean you you raced you know more than more than one occasion in, in the the mm-hmm. indiana pro late models so yeah I'm, i mean i'm really grateful for that and and uh it's it's an, a big opportunity that i'll never forget did it give you an itch to move out of the pure stocks after you drove it a little bit did you kind of start really thinking about moving up into the the pro late models or did you realize you know with with budget and everything you probably needed to stay where you was at budget wise yeah i uh i really knew that you know that's a lot of money and uh, I, kn- I knew i couldn't couldn't really advance any more than that because you know we can only get so much money but uh on the dreamy side of it oh yeah i would love to i mean it's it's unbelievable how big a difference it is i mean they're that car had less horsepower than what i have but it went faster it's lighter i mean it hooks up better and uh even running i there was a few nights there where i ran my car and that late model so i mean it was a pretty big change you know going out there and and going from how my car works to how that car works but it uh it was it was a fun experiment experiment on the nights that you raced both cars did it take you a couple laps to get acclimated back to one car or the other did you have to kind of do a lap or two and realize okay i'm in this car now yeah uh the the throttle response and you know just how the car works in general you know trying to get comfy uh because you know i like to be comfy the whole time and that car i I couldn't really get too comfy um but my car i mean it's comfortable no matter what so it you kind of really got to just adjust and uh you know just realize which car you're in go ahead no go ahead all right i'm gonna ask you this too because i know you're 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 20 years old you're a college student what are you majoring in in college um <laughs> i'm actually doing precision machining uh tool and die why why did you choose to go that route well it actually it was because of my dad actually uh like everything refers to but uh you know mom's got some deals in there too so i'm not going to single single dad out but um you know and I'll, I'll be honest i'm gonna interrupt you real quick i i kind of facebook stalked you a little bit before you came <laughs> on and and mom has a very consistent posting oh, method yes. of go get the checkers i saw a lot of a lot of go get the checkers posts so yeah mom is very involved at least at least from the little bit of social media stalking i did yes if uh, mom has a chance to embarrass me on facebook you gotta watch <laughs> out because she will do it 
<laughs> well, I hope she posts this episode everywhere because we, we want listeners. So I hope that she does everything she can to get people to listen to you on here. Maybe we need to have Zach come back with, with Dad and Papaw then have Zach come back with Ooh. Mom. Oh, my gosh. You cannot tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like already Mom may be a really fun interview. Yeah. Yeah, Mom. Mom's a, a different person. I, I, and Be really careful. You were really careful with Allie. Be very careful with Mom. Yeah, Mom will kick my butt. Yeah. Okay. I got a mom like that, too, so I just want to make sure yeah. I'm, I'm helping the younger generation out to be yeah. a little, bit, a little yeah. bit careful. Yeah, thanks for saving me. Back, back to college, though. Precision machining, why? Um, I actually want to be a mechanic. Uh, my dad is a mechanic and uh you know i always thought i wanted to turn wrenches for the rest of my life but you know i took a mechanics class in high school my freshman year and and uh, dad tried and tried and tried to get me to not do it well then uh, the machining class was there at high school and i thought you know i'll take that and dad's like you know that'd be something you can really make a lot of money in and um so i started doing that and i loved it i co-opted out to it was actually a steel shop, and the only reason I was allowed to was because they had a drill press. So, I mean, that that kind of helped me out. But, you know, I learned how to weld and, and do all that stuff. So, I, I really didn't want to do that at work and then come home and do the same thing. So, um, I did that, and um, I took a tour down at Vincennes, and, you know, I, I thought, I can, I can make race car parts doing this, too. So, I mean, it, it's going to benefit me both ways. Um, I went to college, and... You know, I just, I love doing that, and I love the hands-on part of it. And uh, now I'm, I'm trying to further my education, and, and you know, one day I want to I wanna be like, you know, I made this or I made that, and I did all this cool stuff, and I made these race car parts. It's, it's just a cool thing to do uh, with all the newer technology that's coming out. I don't know if you realize it, but... Tyler Kane and Alan Magner machinists also they work in a tool and die shop yeah they work at Decatur Mold and yeah. they've actually tried to get me to come uh, Decatur Mold has tried to get me to come over there and and uh I mean there's just so many places that you can oh, you yeah. can work well I'm I'm gonna be a little bit selfish here and just tell you there's not a whole lot better places than Decatur Mold in North Vernon Indiana so you know that's that is a wonderful wonderful place to be so but I just want to tell you that I want to say kudos to you. And, you know, I think that too too often, and I work in the education world, I think too often that kids are pushed towards a four-year degree that's not in a, in a situation or in an area that they really have a passion for. And it's very obvious talking to you that you have a true passion for racing and, and this world. And I'm so glad that you chose a route that is something that you're passionate about, something you love, and something you're going to be really successful doing for the rest of your life because you love it. Um, I grew up with a father. He's a welder. He, he retired from you know the General Motors plant in Bedford, Indiana, and and he's got a true passion for that. And I, that's the same thing I try to take into work every day in the education world is because i saw what it meant to him so kudos to you man and i know that's kind of off the whole racing subject but i really appreciate a guy that's that's really chasing their dreams and that means a lot you know every race shop needs a bridgeport mill in the corner for those real fast fabrication things there you know oh i know you just you never know what you're gonna have to pop up when you can't get parts (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i mean we don't we don't have anything like that yet but you know i've talked to dad over and over about you know 
I think it'd be cool to have that stuff. And and uh, well, just, you mentioned Dave Egan. I, I know there's one in his. Race oh shop. yeah, there is. There is. And and <laughs> Dave always tells me, you know, you know, if you if you need to come on over. But uh, schools kind of help me out too because I take some of my parts down there, you know, and and make some stuff if I need to. So it's that's helped me out as well. That's very cool that that Vincennes will step up and and do that for you there and and let you mm-hmm. you make it a class project and then it helps you out on Saturday night. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. And they, I always got to explain to all my buddies down there, you know, what I'm making and why do you got to have that? Can you not just go buy it? <laughs> you, you need to convince them all to pack up and come down and watch your race one Saturday. Well, I had uh, last year four of my buddies came and watched, but I think uh, they're wanting to at the end of this year come and watch. So I think it. It's pretty neat. Well, let us know when they come because I'll make sure I'm there with them, and we'll we'll do a little interview <laughs> in the stands for for your college buddies coming in and watching your race. So, oh yeah, they they always give me crap about it, and and you know I I take it kindly, and I just I just go on. But you know it's no one, everybody that knows it. I have a girlfriend that races against me. It really hurts me because <laughs> they always pick on me for it which is fine i understand it you know i was going to go back i was going to mention it right when he said it but i've let it ride but now he's brought it up again if you recall he said you don't go to the racetrack to make friends i know <laughs> but he went to the racetrack and met a girlfriend so you know how'd that happen well i don't know i it's it's really hard to explain but you know going back to that my dad always tells me you know you don't make friends at the racetrack and i made Allie as a girlfriend at the racetrack and he's like all right whatever you know that's your choice but uh you know my family loves Allie and stuff so it it's there's nothing wrong with it but uh uh i really didn't i didn't know that it was a girl racing in our class i didn't really know who she was until there was one night she beat me in the b main and that was when we we both first started so i mean so she has beat me and i'm not gonna lie to that but uh you know i just started going over and saying hi to her and i talked to her dad and didn't even realize that that was her dad and then uh then i realized she lived in bedford and i was like oh okay and we went to the same high school and i didn't realize that at first so i mean it's it's really different but it's it's pretty cool well now i'm gonna give you a little bit of of support Again, I told you earlier, I've I've coached for a long time. I married a, a cattle farmer's daughter. So my my players used to make fun of me because even though I drive a, a Chevy Silverado, my wife's truck that she owns is a F-350 Dually. So <laughs> when she would come in driving her truck and park next to me, I got ridiculed forever because why does she have the giant truck and I've, I've only got my Silverado? So... It sometimes it's it's tough to compete with the significant other. Oh yeah, it is, and and you know uh, that's that's the thing as far as the racing goes. You know she's got good equipment, and I got good equipment, so I mean it's it's hard to. That's the hard part of it is you know she may get something new and and I may get something new, and it's like you know I really don't want to rub it in their face, but at the same time it's like oh I got this and <laughs> and you don't have this yet or you know vice versa. Well, I was going to ask if you guys go out or when you guys go out, you kind of leave the racing at home, but it's obvious you don't since you, you know, you guys talk because that, you know, that would be kind of hard. You know, I didn't know if you guys, you know, just left racing on Saturday night and you just kind of did your own thing. And, you know, 
Yeah, kind of. Um, when I lived in Heltonville, she would come over and help me wash every now and then. And, and I'd go and help her wash her car every now and then. But uh, other than that, you know, we don't work on each other's cars. Um, she works on hers. I work on mine. And and really, when we go out, we've got so much other stuff to talk about and, and you know, do that we really just kind of leave the racing at home, like you say. And, and uh, you know, that time that you were there at their house... I mean, I just, I go in there and we talk racing a little bit, but after that, I mean, we really don't discuss it because we, we do it all the time and, you know, that's our Saturday thing. Because, you know, her sister Aubrey races, mm-hmm. but she dates a guy that races in a different class. Yes. You know, so there's no, you know, she races a super stock and Logan races a modified. So, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday nights, they're not rivals ever, you yeah. know, so it, that has to help a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what, you know, some people don't understand that. It'd be a lot different if I was racing in a different class, and and we've discussed that too. And she's always like, you know, you should move up to a different class. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Allie, but then I'll have to work my way back up to the top again, and and uh, it's just it's pretty neat, you know. I'm gonna ask you a loaded question, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest up front with you. I'm gonna ask Allie the same question oh when we actually get her over here. If I ask her what's one piece of advice she'd give you on your driving style or what you do on Saturday night, what she's going what what will she tell me? Uh one of them would probably be Oh man, what's the hardest thing? You know, we we really don't give each other advice, but I'd say one thing would be keep my cool. All right. Cuz she fair. knows she knows how I get wound up. She knows how me and my dad get wound up. Well, I'm going to tell you, I can sit in that tower and I can tell when your attitude changes in the car because you drive the car totally different when you're angry <laughs> than when you are just racing. I, you know, so if I can sit in the tower and watch it, you know, because I'll look over at Jamie like, you know, Zach's mad. Yeah. Because it's that obvious. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everybody, especially the guys and gals you're racing with out there can tell it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. When I get frustrated, I mean, it's literally balls to the wall i mean i floor it and go you know try to get to the front that's just that's my mentality when and when it gets that way i'm also going to bring up something else you mentioned earlier you said you like to start in the back curtis kaiser great great friend to racing in general you know he sponsors your guys's class with Mm -hmm. peter hall probably one of the best sponsors in in racing anymore with what he tries to give back to you guys no doubt he offered the Pewter Hall Bounty last year to your class that if you win your heat race and volunteer for the tail for the feature, yeah, and you come back and win it, you get that bonus. And it was, it was a hundred dollars more every week that it went by unclaimed. Mm-hmm. You know, Rivers did it one time and won it. Yeah, you never took that challenge, and I was just curious why you never took because. It got what was it five hundred dollars I think there at the end was what the the bounty was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And and really, to be quite honest with you, the only person that was stopping me was Rivers because I knew Rivers could come from the back and do it. Once Rivers got out there, and if we didn't have a caution, he was staying out there. And I was him and Combs were the people I was worried about. And you know, if I had a good starting position up front, you know, sometimes you take off and you may not have a caution. And if I could take off and keep going, you know, I've won that race. But um, I really, I didn't want to have the regret of, you know, maybe I finished third. 
and have that regret of why did I do that? Why did I try to get that money when I, I need to go for the win and not that? But, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion on it. But uh, yeah, it was just, pretty cool that Curtis did that. I mean, oh yeah, I mean he, I actually won some money from him. Uh, you know, he sponsored one weekend and said, uh, you know, whoever gets like third or fourth place gets fifty or a hundred dollars. So I mean, he's a great, a great guy to have as a sponsor because he'll, he'll throw it out and he's not afraid to, and he knows that us racers are getting, trying to get by week to week, and he he always helps out the people that are not so fortunate you know during that night yeah like i said you know he he's always very creative and there's been a lot of times you know you guys will come out and run your heat races and another class is racing and and he'll call up to the tower and be hey when the pure stocks roll out whoever finishes 11th Mm -hmm. gets 50 extra bucks yeah and uh you know he has no idea who he's giving that to but like you said he don't always throw it to the guy winning he throws it down through the field and you know Dirt racing in general needs more people like Curtis Kaiser and, and Peter Hall Banquet Hall. That's why I'm so glad when we have our, our awards banquet, we go to Curtis's place and, uh, you know, he gets to kind of revel in, in what he enjoys too. And, uh, you know, I'd like to get Curtis on the on mm-hmm. the podcast one night to talk to him about it because he's another guy that gives a whole lot back to the sport that he loves. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, um, it's it's cool that there's no favoritism when it comes to that. Uh, you know, like you said, he'll give back to, to other people. And I think that's cool that we can gather there and, you know, kind of give back to him, you know, for being that cool sponsor and for being that guy that, you know, is always there at the track, you know, rooting on everybody. So it's it's pretty neat. And the meal's not too shabby either, is it? Oh, my gosh, that meal's so good. <laughs> You're missing out, man. No, oh, I've, I've been to Pewter Hall several oh. times, and the food there is unbelievable. I tell you what, the $5 meal that you can get throughout the week i just work right down the road so <laughs> i don't like beef manhattan but their beef manhattan is really good <laughs> <laughs> that may be the best best sponsorship you can give right there is the beef Come on, manhattan. Curtis. <laughs> oh. i can see i can see a big you know picture from p3 graphics <laughs> of beef manhattan right on the hood of your car next oh, yeah. year you know the thing he he could do it for me too. Absolutely. That's the thing. <laughs> he would take a picture of it and convert it over to a sticker. Just that, whatever I want. Well, I'll be honest, we're at an hour and twenty minutes, which is crazy to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it. No, no it's 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 a lot of fun and and I know you told us before we got on the air that you like the hour and thirty minute episodes because that's exactly what you drive back to school. Mm-hmm. But uh Zach, I'm going to tell you before anything, number one, I'm going to say good luck in this season. Thank you. Um, You know, and I told you before, we're hoping to do some bonus episodes where Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a mole and I chase you guys and follow you guys. And and I wish you the best of luck, man. I appreciate you coming on and and I'll definitely be a fan in the stands rooting for you this this year. And and, you know. I hope you can accomplish what you want, and I hope you're the the 2018 track champion. You know, thank you. I I appreciate you know inviting me on here because I never would have dreamed that you know I'd be getting interviewed by two people that you know have a lot to do with the racing and and uh, you know I also want to thank Matt. You know he he uh, he keeps the races pretty interesting. You know I get on in the fast lane productions after the races, and you know he. He always, there was one time where he said, you know, stalkers stalking up the field. So, I mean, it, it's 
it's stuff like that, you know, it keeps us, it keeps the adrenaline right there. And, and, uh, it, it makes me really want to watch a race over and over and over, you know, and he's a, he's a really humble guy and I am blessed that I actually, we, we, we tease that we work next door to each other, but really the walls are so thin <laughs> that he works very, in my office very thin. <laughs> with me. Both of us have loud and commanding voices, so we, we can communicate without moving from our chairs, but yeah. You know, Matt's passion truly comes out in the way he calls a race. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, he truly loves this sport in a way. It's not it's not a job for him. It's not going on Saturday night and I'm collecting a paycheck and I'm going to call this event. He, he loves this sport. He loves you guys that are out there doing what you do to put on a show. And, and that comes through in getting to listen to him call a race. And, and, and I know he's he's – going to be humble and he's not going to like us saying what we're saying about him but you know and i i made the joke earlier about the bloomington speedway announcer but there and i've said this before there is not a better announcer if you want to go listen to a saturday night saturday night dirt track race and hear the passion that you guys put in through the week in the shop to get to saturday night Mm -hmm. there's nobody better than matt yeah yeah no doubt I, i do appreciate that and you know that that's a lot of the reason why I go through the pits before the races is so I get to know you so you know I can bring some of you out and not just you're not just the 11s when you roll out on the racetrack you know I I have a story of Zach Stalker the the kid the you know the guy in the seat other than mm-hmm. just the 11s because it's my job to let all those people that never go the the pits that never get to meet you they kind of get to know you mm-hmm. you know and that's uh that's what I try to do, and I really appreciate what you guys say. You know, I, I feel like I still got a lot to learn to be the best, as as Dustin says. But uh, I try. You know, mm-hmm. I got I got my heroes too. You know, you guys hear me say a whole lot that uh, James Essex is to me he's the the pinnacle of, mm-hmm. of dirt track announcers. But uh, I'm pleased to call him a friend, and he helps me out a whole lot. But I do appreciate your guys' uh, compliments on that, and I'll tell you also good luck and. Uh, I mean, you know where to find me after the feature if you want to talk. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a even better thing. You know, you come down and talk to us, and you're always back there in in the back lot that nobody wants to go to. You know, that's it's pretty sweet to to have people like that. I'm well, gonna tell you one more time before we finish up. You know, if if you got some of those sponsors, I know you talked about them earlier that you want to throw out, but Matt and I both, it was important to us that. When drivers were willing to come on and talk, you know, mm-hmm. on our show, that they got the opportunity to thank those people. So if you want to run down that list again, I'd love it. Yeah, I'm uh, actually going to pull up all my sponsors because I can't remember all of them. Yeah, because when we talked about starting <laughs> this, you know, we, we started this to help you guys. That that's, was our goal, to get your sponsors out and to get more exposure for you guys. So, yeah, get them out there. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I really want to thank my dad. Uh, you know, without without dad, and I could go on and on for days about and Papa it. and Papa, Papa, <laughs> Papa, definitely Papa number one. <laughs> but uh, you he's know, got one huge fan right here already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and I'd really like to thank my family. My family, you know, that's that's what makes it the best. But uh, you know, I'd like to thank uh, Hillcrest Pallets, L and L Trucking, Fast and All, Upside Prints. Jason Petmeyer, um, Walls Equipment Sales, Frank and Teresa Fitch, uh, Robbie Meadows, um, Weenie, and, uh, you know, just, just everybody that's, you know, helped me get through this. And P3 Graphics for making me look good every week. 
Thank you. And and again, I want to I want to throw out to our sponsors. Um, you know, first and foremost, in the Fast Lane Productions, you just talked about, and and I've said this before on some of our episodes. If you are looking for you know you miss a saturday night at the racetrack there is nothing better than having in the fast lane productions to kind of catch you up on what you may have missed and you know they're moving to a premium subscription site but i will say i've already got that (laughs) (laughs) there is not a value better in the racing world right now than than signing up for in the fast lane productions and you know, I can tell you first and foremost that those guys aren't trying to get rich. Mm-hmm. They're not building mansions. They're trying to only upgrade and do what they can do to better service dirt track racing fans. So support those guys. You know, again at inthefastlaneproductions.com. You you're not going to find a better group of of guys that are are trying to do what's right for for dirt track racing. Now, I said you're not going to find a better group, but it's a it's a close tie here with uh schaefer photo and custom team you know mark and jamie schaefer i know matt you know them very well personally and and you know very very passionate dirt track people and they've been they've been in the racing world for well over 30 years in an aspect you know mark raced way back in the day and Mm -hmm. and then realized you know he's going to be a photographer and and jamie has been involved with something at the racetrack for as long as i can remember so i mean they they they're as passionate as anybody can be for the dirt racing community yeah mark uh you know i don't know how he does it you know i always see him he's sweating his butt off at the track and he posts some really good pictures and i will thank him for that because without his cool effects that he puts on them my car wouldn't look too good you know going around (laughs) the corner (laughs) and thank you you know I, i really like when the drivers you know you know thank our our sponsors as well there with with schaefer photo and custom tea because i don't know that sometimes drivers always realize you know they love when they get that great shot from the photographer but they don't realize the work and the sweat that goes in to getting those shots not only at the track Mm -hmm. but in the editing phase afterwards and i'm gonna throw out something i didn't realize about halfway through the year last year is mark's in the infield so he can't just run to the restroom when he needs to. He can't go to the concession stand. You know, he's pretty much locked down on the infield till we're done that night. Mm-hmm. And that's that dedication that you see from Schaefer Photo and Custom yeah. Team. And that's why it really doesn't bother me, you know, when uh, I ask Mark, you know, hey, can I buy some photos? And it don't bother me to pay the price because I know what I'm getting is high quality. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome to have that that's awesome and thank you again and then last you know kenny montgomery again i want to thank for letting us use his uh his song he was so generous to us when i reached out to him to allow us to use the new single dirt um if you have not heard it outside of just on our episodes go to itunes and and purchase that um and get it on your phone it's a great song to listen to and thanks again to kenny montgomery for allowing us to use that Last thing again I'm going to throw out, and uh, if you're looking for another racing podcast that's a great one to listen to, check out the Briscoe Breakdown uh, with Toby Wedgwood, good friend of mine from Mitchell, Indiana, uh, kind of following Chase as he climbs in the, uh, the Xfinity Series, and some big news out of the Chase Briscoe world if you're following him. Uh, he just signed to actually run five races for Stuart Haas Racing, which if you have followed social media or saw what NBC on NASCAR put out, 
you know, Chase's hero in the in the NASCAR world and growing up was outside of his dad, Kevin, was Tony Stewart. And, and that's a pretty cool deal for Chase to get the opportunity to run for, for Tony. And so, uh, again, check out the Briscoe Breakdown with Toby Wedgwood. Zach, thank you so much for driving over. I know that it took like three canoes and Noah's <laughs> Ark and everything to get you over here. But I truly appreciate you making the time to come over and talk with us. Yeah, and, and you know, thank you for allowing me uh, to do this, especially on a you know a canceled race night. Uh, it's pretty quick scheduling, and thank goodness I get over here. <laughs> I do want to throw out Friday night, no way out, forty at uh, Brownstown Speedway, and then we're gonna turn right back around on Saturday, and rate uh, races show then too. So it'll be a double night this coming weekend. Ten thousand so, to win. Ten thousand to win for the no way out forty on Friday night. So. Two nights of race, we're going to try to make up for for the, the rain this evening. So hopefully Mother Nature holds off and we can get both nights in. Absolutely. And and I've I've said it on this episode many times. I lean towards the sprints. Don't miss the No Way Out 40 <laughs> at Brownstown because it'll be one heck of a show. So thank you, everybody. We hope you have a great week. And uh, make sure you subscribe so that you get these episodes every week without having to download. And make, go back and listen to all of them there because uh, – they all got their own personality, so this this being our, our fourth episode, make sure to listen you know to all four of them and like Dustin said, subscribe and you'll get them Thursday what Thursday at one a.m. is when they download Thursday at one a.m. when they'll automatically download. Good, I'll be able to listen to it at Thursday on my way home. There you go. <laughs> hey again, Zach, thank you, and I appreciate everybody. Thank you. I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, dirt, dirt. dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing Now nationwide, everybody knows my name They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery He sings that song we like Yeah, boy, that's me Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing Them Hoosier tires glossing Them cold kind, we're tossing They know I came to wreck it Yet I rarely bring out a caution I hit the high side Boy, I park it for Brian Clausen I do them like Kyle Larson Watch me throw them sliders Party in victory lane And y'all boys ain't invited Your mama gets excited When I pull up to unload Even your grandpa talking about Man, that boy too cold We don't sit on 24s We don't ride on spinners I'm posted up on them 15s With platinum dirt defenders Got kids up in my window like Hey, Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps Cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me Dirt, dirt I'm all about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to it. 
I just won hot laps for the third week. Huh? Little Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. Yeah. So I go and check the board on my bike, sitting outside pole. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh -huh. W, W, that's another George W. Hit him with that half a lap, like, dang, what gear you running, dude? And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA, hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm rubbered up and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky while I stay looking slick. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. And mama just gave me them eyes like, dang, maybe you looking handsome. We pray and sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. We stop and show respect cause we're all proud to be. From the land of the free and the home of the brave, y'all better wake up and get it. We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it on there. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I'm a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it.